risk investigators back at work. We have some catching up to do on the BBS.com radio network. Listen, actually it's BBS radio. Yeah, BBS radio. Right, slash, forward slash risk investigators report. But you're already there because you're listening in. Now, yeah, check so you this don't out. have to tell them. Bitcoin, we've been raving about it for a, a long time. And with good reason. Now, before we get into what we talked about last time, because it is time for the post-diction to see if our predictions came true, um, I want to know some of the risks associated with Bitcoin, because when we talked this week, you kind of took a little bit of a contrarian approach, maybe. Like, you want to see maybe about shorting Bitcoin. Is that true? Like, what, yes. what is going on with that? I, I just, once it starts to hit mainstream, uh, once it starts to get publicized heavily, it's not that I want to short it. It's just I want to look for a reason to short it. Because there's always the good old saying, once you see the wisdom of the crowd all moving in one way, and it's too good to be true, go against it. Right. So it's, it's not really whether or not I think it's going to go down at this time. I would like to find a really good reason to bet it down. Right. Now, the, the thing I would argue against that, though, is right now the crowd does not have it. Now, we have seen here recently on CNBC, we have seen uh, on some monster news sources online, it is picking up headway. Some of the, and the latest, and I quote from CNBC, let me paraphrase, I can't say I quote, um, major corporations are now starting to look at Bitcoin and they're calling it digital gold. They say they're going to use it for market corrections instead of going into the gold market. They're going to also start allocating resources to the Bitcoin market. And he didn't say which major companies they were, but he said they are major corporations that he's quite aware of. Um, this guy's also heavily invested in Bitcoin, so he could have a bias. And I'll throw that out there because eventually we're going to be affiliating with a few companies that we've been in negotiations with. So, you know, we might have a bias. So we understand where his bias is coming in at. However, in the last month, look at this chart. In the last month, according to this Coinbase chart, Look at that percentage. Since last month, 66.91%. In a month, in one month. Now, let me take this out. Let me take this out. We're going to go to about a week. So even if you listened to the show a couple weeks ago and said, wow, that sounds good, but was I too late? Just in the last week alone, it went up 21%. So post- 20.98. 20.98. So post-diction time. We talked about Bitcoin. We talked about the fork. We talked about Bitcoin cash. Here's what the major corps were looking for. And this is what we found out after August 1st. They wanted to see if Bitcoin could survive the fork. When Bitcoin split into Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash, they wanted to see if Bitcoin would survive. It survived and then it thrived. And now it has 0.5% market share. They are predicting by next year, in one year, it's going to have 5% market share. That is going to be tremendous. That is about eight to nine, a nine times multiple. So Bitcoin trading right now, according to Coinbase, is at about $3,900 a coin. So that's going to push it close to about $30,000 a coin within a year, according to the gurus and experts on CNBC who are often wrong. But in this case, I like, I like what I'm hearing. What about you? Yeah, I, I just um, I'm not a big fan of media. Um, Even though we're on it right now, but go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, our, our media is only owned by a handful of corporations, and the uh, most of that is just a handful of people who are in on that. 
Um, so I'm more in the boat that, yes, I'm very bullish, or I think cryptocurrencies have a lot of life to them. But there's going to be some growing pains. Um, somebody's going to hack something. Something's going to happen. And, um, I, you know, I'm always a little leery of people that are pushing, you know, that this is going to do this and this. You know, they can say companies are buying it. That's but I don't know the names of the companies. And, and I didn't hear it from the company themselves. So, I mean, people can say anything. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it. It's just I understand when I buy into it that I can lose all my money. Uh, so I could get hacked. I mean, it's a decentralized thing. It's not really regulated. So how can they, you know, how do you really catch somebody who steals something from you over in Russia? Uh, so I, I, I just, uh, you know, they're risky. But like I said, it's a supply and demand thing. And I think the one thing to look at to Bitcoin as to why it went up, you know, I, I, I don't know about the fork and all that. I, I, I think it's right now the stock market is getting a lot more volatile and, you know, it, it's starting. People are getting kind of fearful that it's going to drop. So I think I think the digital gold analogy is actually a pretty good one. That may be just as much of a reason um, for it going up as anything, because the other markets, stock markets and stuff are looking a little bit down here, you know, a little bit, a little bit shaky this week. We'll see what happens coming this coming week. But I think that's a big uh, thing is just looking to be able to diversify from government and, and, and countries. And I think that's what's, uh, you know, the CNBC guru who's been talking a lot about it, and they've been doing segments pretty much all week. And, and that's pretty much what he's saying is that, you know, according to his circle, they're calling it because they're calling it digital gold and they're going to start allocating little by little. And this is how we're doing it. We're I'm buying little by little week after week. You know, my family's buying into it. And so I'm not, you know, obviously promoting it. But I am saying we, we looked at it as an opportunity. We evaluated a lot of the risks. One of the risks you just brought up, which is, you know, being hacked. But I say that's a risk for pretty much every account, you know, whether it's a bank account, whether it's a credit card, all of it has the potential to be hacked. Is there any greater hacking potential here because it's deregulated? Maybe, you know, and then that's where those uh, private keys can come into play, I would hope, um, in the future. But uh, right now, you know, I, I don't know if I would put my retirement in Bitcoin. You know, I, I don't see I don't see that. And plus, you know, we're diversified type people. You know, we we play pretty much anything. We can find an edge. You know, that's this is how I am. It's how you are. Um, Speaking Can we talk about something else besides crypto? No, that's just, you know, that's really, really important. And let me let me go back to the chart in case you forgot why we're talking about crypto so much. Let me let me touch that. Look at that. Five hundred and sixty percent since last year. Now, whatever we're getting ready to talk about, these ETFs that we're going to talk about on this show that I like, have any of them returned five hundred and sixty percent in one year? Um, no, they how, haven't. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Depends how you use them. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to get into uses too. Yeah. You want to pre-prep me before? We well, do the I, I mean, if you if you want to be tactical about it, let's go into ETFs. Let's talk about what they are: exchange traded funds. funds. And let's talk about first off: are they easy to trade? Yeah, they're very easy. They're just like stock. Uh, that's you know, they trade like shares of stock. Okay. Um, and you're looking if you can buy an ETF that uh, follows corn. So as the price of corn goes up and down, your ETF will follow suit. So, so you hear that, Mike? These are simple. They're not that difficult. And this is because they have a different acronym, ETF, which, ex which stands for Exchange Traded Funds. They buy and sell like shares of stock. stock. Very, very simple. 
Now, we're going to get into some of the nuances, but ultimately, so if you have an E-Trade account or Scott Trade, or you can buy and, sh and, and sell most ETFs. Is that true? Oh, yeah, it's just absolutely. Okay. And, and something you said that I really like about ETFs, let's, you, you brought up corn. I was into the soybean market a long time ago, and I was doing soybean, op soybean options. Now, you got to have some capital, and you got to have some understanding of options and all that, and that can be difficult. If you, have, if you know something about soybeans or corn and you don't want to jump in or dive into the commodities market, you can dive into that market via an ETF yeah. that follows the price of corn. Yes. Now, is it direct to the price of corn or how does it uh, It depends. It depends what's under the uh, underlying. Uh, some of them mirror indexes. Some of them will go off of futures contracts. Some of them will have a basket of companies, uh, actual businesses that are involved in the corn market. So you have to know what the underlyings of the ETF actually are. So there's still some research are. that has to be done. Yeah. I mean, you just – but in the end, I mean, if, if – it's if corn does something drastic, it's going to go with it because in the end, all these things underlying it are somehow right. hooked to corn. Now, is it going to be a direct correlation, one for one? No, but for the most part, you're going to get exposure to corn if it if it goes up or down. And the other beautiful thing about ETFs is you can bet the price up or down both ways without having to short stock, which can be very difficult to do at times. First off, what do you mean by shorting stock? You're betting it down. So it's just as simple. So when you short something, let's just say you know the price of candy bars are going to be 25 cents in a week. And right now you can buy them and sell them for 50. So what you would do is you would, let's say you borrow five candy bars off somebody, which would be, let's say you borrow 10, which would be five bucks. And what you would do is you would instantly sell those candy bars for five bucks or 50 cents a piece. So now you have $5 in cash. Well, the next week when candy bars drop down to 25 cents, you go buy your 10 candy bars back for 250 and then you make a $2.50 profit. And that's kind of shorting a stock. Um, you, you borrow shares, let's say at a hundred bucks. And then you sell them for a hundred bucks. So if you buy, you borrow ten shares at a hundred, and then you sell them for a hundred, that's a thousand dollars in cash that you now have. You just owe those ten shares back. That's the key, and the price that you buy them back at dictates how much profit and loss you have. So you want the price to go down. Yeah. And when the price of the stock goes down, buy them back at a cheaper you price. You buy the stocks back at a cheaper price, price and, and keep, keep the, the difference. difference. Shorting stock. Yeah. And you can actually do that at two to one. Sometimes you can get uh, leveraged on the short. However, that can be difficult and we might have lost some people. So let's go back to the easiness, to the ease of, of ETFs. ETFs, you just buy them as a share of stock. It, it says it inverse. This is the, uh, let's, let's look at gold. Let's say you want to get at gold. There's two ETFs, Nugget and Dust, okay? They both track the same thing, except Nugget will go up in value when gold goes up in value. Dust will go up in value when the price of gold drops. So if you think the price of gold's drop, you just buy some shares of dust and you make money if it goes down. So That's simple. So right now, Nugget, which is ticker symbol, N-U-G-T, is at $33 a share. Yes. And that follows the price of gold as gold rises. Yes. That's correct? Yes. So let me type in our, our, dust. our opponent here. And which is the inverse. And so my question is, what if I t decided today to just buy into both because something is going to happen? What is well, my what is my risk? Because right now dust is trading at twenty six thirty one. Yeah. So 
I mean, if you buy into one, you're, you're fighting each other. Right. So you, you, it's, it would essentially be the same thing as having no position. Like, if you don't own anything, it's the same as owning both sides of it. Now, the key to these ETFs is they're leveraged. And leverage does funny things to ETFs and their prices. I've actually ran simulations on a spreadsheet where I would buy both sides of the ETF. And you can actually make profit. That's what I'm trying to ask. That's that's what I'm wondering. I, I don't understand how though. I never went any right. further with it. Right. Oh, but that's, but that's disappointing. Go ahead. But in in theory, if if you buy if you buy into both sides up and down, it's the same thing as having no position at all, except you just paid extra money to have nothing. Except in the fact, what if they're not exactly correlated? Right. They develop a spread in between. Yeah, and, and maybe there's something there. Like I said, I haven't researched it, uh, but I did notice when you put them together. Usually you just lose all your money, and um, that's not good. Because here's another thing we got to get into with ETFs: they're wasting assets, and their leveraged ETFs are not designed to be held no more than a couple days. Um, there's something called beta slippage, and I'm going to run through that really quick. Make it quick, because you just lost me. Well, this is very important because a lot of people don't know this. I don't. Um, Let's say you have an ETF that follows oil, okay. okay? And oil is at $50 a barrel. And this ETF is priced at $100, okay? And let's say this ETF is leveraged times two, meaning that it'll move twice as much as the underlying asset of oil that it's following. Right. So if the underlying asset at $50 moves 10% to 55, the ETF leveraged times two will move 20%. So you're going to just move double the underlying. And that's another advantage of ETS. You do have right. leverage without having to pay margin costs or have a margin account. I like that part. So let's say oil at 50 bucks. You got your ETF at 100 leverage times two. Let's say it moves up 10% in price. Oil goes to $55 one day. 10% move. The ETF would go to 120 because it's leverage times two. It's going to move 20%, not 10. So now... One is at 55 and the other one's at 120. This is what beta slippage is. Let's say the next day, oil, the underlying asset, drops by 9.1% back to $50. It's like $50.05, but it drops back to $50 at 9.1%. Well, the ETF times two at 120 is also going to drop by 18.2%. Well, you're going to get your share is now going to be worth $98.40, whereas the underlying is going to be worth $50. Notice how it's $2 less. It, it dropped by 2% because since it's leveraged, the, the downside is magnified. So what this will do, let's say it keeps going, as it keeps going up and down, eventually this ETF will be worth pennies because it just keeps eating away at it. And that's beta slippage. That's why when you see ETFs that have been out, leveraged ETFs that have been out five years, their original adjusted price may be $1 million, and now the share is at 10 bucks, because the beta slippage just keeps eating away at it. So even though the underlying oil asset at 50 bucks went to 55 and then back down to 50, and this leveraged ETF that's supposed to be tracking it went from 120 to 98, it actually lost $2. That's the beta slippage. That's a big one on leverage ETFs. So in summary, let me make sure I understand that. Don't hold them for a long time. Time. Unless unless it's just going straight up, you know. Which nothing really, yeah. really ever does. So, I mean, if you catch it in a trend, I mean, they can double. I mean, I've seen a leverage ETF go from 
20 bucks to 40, 60 in three months. Right. So it's not that you can't, it's just, if it doesn't go anywhere as the, as it goes up and down some days, it's slowly just going to eat away at your price. It's almost like holding an option with a lot of time value on it. You're just going to waste away. And that's what beta slippage is. And also if some of these follow futures contracts, you have rollover cost that can eat away at it too. So now you got two things that can eat away at you. So just, just a couple things to keep in so mind. So the rollover cost basically is the, let's say we're watching corn and we have, we have the corn ETF and they're in a futures contract and I'm just going to make up a month because I'm not sure if they expire in May, but just bear with me. And it's, and it's May. And so they got to roll over to the next expiration month and let's just call it July for right now. So they're going to spend money to roll that over and that money gets taken out of the ETF fund. Yeah. And so the cost of rolling that from one futures uh, expiration month to another is going to cost that ETF is basically what the rollover price is. So that can eat away at, at some profit is what you're saying. So honestly, now let me ask this. Wouldn't it be better than to play these to the downside? Well, here's the problem. Oh, you, theoretically, you can short a leveraged ETF. You can. But who are you going to find to borrow it from? That's the problem. So if you try to do it on your brokerage platform, more than likely they're just going to tell you you're not going to be able to do it because it's too hard to find. And if you can get somebody to do it, you, you, at any time they can cancel it. I mean, it's just there's no security in it. You're, you're not going to do it. But yes, if you could, you could you could just invest in a diversified basket of ETFs. The up, You could buy both sides, short both sides and just go all diversify and you're basically going to make, you know, guaranteed 500% in five years. I mean, it's just because they're just going to waste away to nothing. So ultimately, obviously, there's no guarantees and that wouldn't be advice. That would just be what is possible. That yeah. it's better to play it to the what you're telling me is if I'm going to do this, it'd be good to look at it to the downside. Yeah, but 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 you're never going to get the shares of short. It's right. not viable. Right. It's not even something you even want to waste your time. I mean, if you can find if you can somehow short leverage ETS, I mean, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah, it's just your brokers. It's just it's just never going to happen. And you got to find somebody that's willing to let you short it. And it's just it's not going to happen. But if you can find it, it is something that you. Yeah, because it just wastes away. Right. So you have the advantage of. The same thing in an option world. If you're selling options, one thing you have on your side is time. The time is a it, options are wasting assets, and so as it gets closer to expiration, if you sold the option, it's in your favor. So the time is wasting away. But I can't say there are no brokers that do it because we don't know. We did not investigate. That's uh, just, I tried it. With how many brokers? I tried it with two. Right. And so there's a lot. So right. You, but but you can't get the assets anyway. That's my whole point. There's nobody to get it from. Nobody's holding these levers ETS for months. So how are you going to short them? You know, because once that person wants their stock back, I mean, it's you can't get them. So the market is becoming real volatile. Well, I can't say it's real volatile. I'm looking at a TV, TVIX right now. The TVIX follows volatility in the market at a leveraged rate. I think it's two times. Two, two times. And this, according to what we see right here on this chart, it's only kind of a, a 1% move in the last in the, in the last day. But according to the way this chart looks, there's not that much more volatility now than before all this talk about war and everything started to um, started to magnify. I well, see it's increased some. The TVIX was up 26% on Thursday. Ah, so let me go out here. Ah, there we go. That's a better chart. Yes. So, yeah, so from – yeah, I'm looking at it at a – I'm going to go to a year chart. Now, when we take it out to a year chart, the TVIX is still in a, in a lower range. Yeah. But with this – 
what's with what's going on in the news, doesn't that historically raise the volatility? And if so, can you can we talk about this TVIX as an option? Okay, so let's look at volatility. Volatility is historically low. Okay, I mean it's as low as it's been in forever. And technically speaking, volatility tends to trade in ranges. It's not necessarily range bound. It doesn't have to stay in a range, but it, it trades in a range historically. So what, what he's getting at here is with all this news and events and this so-called geopolitical risk with North Korea and, and just anything in general throughout the world, volatility tends to spike heavily and quickly uh, when these events occur. So it's just a hedge. When the market's crashing, volatility is going up in price. So with an ETF, you can you can buy into volatility. You can follow it. Buy into the fear. Yes, buy into the fear. Um, like I said, it's just that's basically it. Um, so because there's two cliche emotions, and these are cliche. Everybody knows about them. Everybody's heard them. But two things move the market more than anything else, and that's fear and greed. Yeah. And so. We know for sure, no matter how rational traders are, unless they're trading on an algorithm or some sort of computer system, human beings get afraid when things happen and they make fearful decisions. And based on that, the market can spike. Now, how, how uh, accurate, I don't know if you've actually studied this, how accurate is fear with the TVIX and other ETFs that follow volatility? I, I don't look at, I look at really one ETF that fall, and it's called VXX. It's not leverage, but it has options. The TVIX does not have options. That, that's, yeah, yeah, I wish it did. And uh, now Dustin Nugget do, and they're leveraged times three. But you're just paying. But then again, the more it moves, the higher the option premium you pay. You're, you're always paying. You know, you could trade something that only moves five cents a week and still make just as much money as something that moves $10. It, it's, it's all in the premium you're paying for the option. But that's for another show. But looking at TVIX versus other volatility measures, I don't notice too much. They some of them follow different things. Some of them are going to be based more on the S and P uh, futures or um, options, and others are going to maybe be based on others. I haven't really researched all the other ones. I mean, in the end, if a big event happens, let's say they went into North Korea on Monday afternoon and they invaded, I, I don't care what volatility you're in, it's going up. Right, and that's the big picture, and that's what that's what has to be kind of understood. So let's say you're out there right now, and you're getting ready to make an investment. We don't give this as advice, but we give this as information. What can happen when something crazy goes on, such as geopolitical risk? There are certain things that are going to spike, and we've been debating all week on what are the best wartime stocks to look at. But here's something that everybody knows. People get afraid. People start selling off, and we had a, a market correction for about three days last week based on rhetoric much less anything that's actually hit so what is one way that you might be able to pr provide an income for yourself in this situation news in the money you're saying volatility yeah. etf such volatility. as the tvix such as the vxx yes. such as the uvxy and, yeah. and things like that and the nice thing about this and we read this in a in a really big book on options is that one of the most predictable assets out there is volatility because it does, even though it's not perfectly range bound, it does trade in ranges and you can kind of foresee what can cause volatility in the market. Now, some things happen without us knowing and there's still a way to profit on that. So let's talk about ETFs that are either bearish or inverse or, and things of that nature. So like we were talking earlier with gold, dust and nugget, dust is the inverse 
meaning it does the opposite of your kind of your main one. So if you have an ETF that let's say you're betting the price of gold up and you think gold's going to go up and you buy nugget. Well, dust is the inverse of that. It, it makes money when gold drops. So the price of that ETF will go up in price when gold drops. It's the inverse. So many of these leveraged ETFs have, you know, long and shorts, bear and bull ETFs. Uh, yeah, you'll those are the key words, right, that yeah. you're going to want to look for. Yeah, bear means down, bull means up. So if you see a bull or bear, do you have any examples of that? This, I'm trying to Bullish? Think. Um, that are like that have that in their term. Right? I, I think the dust and nugget may, um, if, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but I know there's like a, you know when you think about the Dow, bearish ETF. Yeah, yeah th about, there's a lot of them. There's so many, and you'll start to recognize it as you start to study yeah. lists of ETFs. You're going to recognize terms such as inverse, bear. Uh, some of them will just say down. Yeah, down. They might say up or down. Up or down. Like there's a UUP. Yeah, UDAO, UUP. Yeah. UUP, I think US, US dollar. dollar. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. So it, let's say you want to get into currency, FXE, Euro, FXA, Australian dollar, FX, I think J is Japanese yen or something like that. You have a whole family of ETFs just dedicated to currency. You want to get into corn, C-O-R-N, corn, wheat, um, cattle. There's ETFs that cover and track anything. You want to get into emerging markets? There's ETFs that will get you into that. Um, sectors of the S&P, you got XLF, financials, XLE, uh, energy, XLU, I think is utilities. And then you got uh, technology sectors in the S&P. So you can just bet on sectors with these ETFs. So you have a sector ETF in the energy or the technology, uh, QQQ, the NASDAQ. Um, the spy that tracks the S&P 500. Keep going because I got I'm getting ready to bet on this horse. So you, okay, you, you go ahead. Going. So as which one? Uh, he's in Woodbine Thoroughbred. You like how I stopped and yeah, made yeah. it? Yeah, I'm going because I didn't have anything else to talk about. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll keep going. So I'll just I'll just start rambling about nothing. So we're used with to these it. spiders and fixes. Years ago, you had to have futures contracts to get into them, and, or so you couldn't really go on these markets unless you went into like a mutual fund so now right. now it's affordable yeah with an etf yeah and mutual funds you can't necessarily trade in and out every day you can't you can't trade them like stocks so now you can trade mutual funds basically like stocks is basically what these etfs are right and, and commodities and, and commodities and currencies everything and people could afford to trade the s p yeah i mean who has the money and the margin for an s p futures contract and now you can't and you know so that's what these etfs allow you to do by the way i need a plug can you reach this is there a way to yeah let's thing? just stop the show so he can Dude, put this plug well, why do you need this, this plug i want to watch this race i just put some money on this thank Horse. you yeah thank you hold on is it in I, uh if yeah, see, we just got all this dead space in our show because we got to stop it. This is definitely. Is, is it in? Is it's, it should be. It's okay. good. It's, it's good. Good enough. Because so I'm going to scream. As long as wins. you're happy. I'm happy now. Now, so, the nice thing about ETFs, and I love what you were, what you were saying because I was kind of paying attention, is it makes so many things easy to trade. Yeah. It was impossible to trade corn without having going through a futures contract and futures markets and options. And now I can trade it like a stock on the CORN. And I like, and I, I keep bringing that up because I was into agriculture trading. I was into soybeans. I was into corn. And so now I can trade it like a stock. And you can literally, like you were saying earlier, without having to short a stock, you can still play the downside. So let's say right now all of this hype happens and we see volatility goes through the roof, but we missed it. Yeah. We didn't miss it. 
because you can still buy an inverse of volatility and just when volatility starts to decrease, your money starts to increase because you bought the inverse of volatility right. or the downside. Yeah, so that's another thing. You can, when there's high volatility, you have the potential now to bet it back down. You just buy the inverse. Um, so I, I think that's the main thing is you can make money when the price goes up or down in any asset class in the world, currencies, commodities, everything. Now, do you have that list available of the some of the ETFs? Because there are some that were truly unique. I mean, as uh, far as the price of wood. Oh, let me turn my race down. Yeah, turn your race down. Everybody, we're just going to stop our radio show. We, we, we definitely will for the next two minutes because they're getting ready to go to the gate. And I'm going to let you know if they win. They better win. Because this is gas money. Well, uh, we, we ain't going to be able to pay for the show. Um, is this the site you were talking about? Investnips.com, right? Yeah, yeah excellent. I love this site because... On InvestSnips, you can go to a thing that just says ETFs. On the top, click on it. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, and you can get, okay, list of U.S. sector and industry Boring. ETFs. Let's go to something fun. List of individual countries. Commodity. Drop. Commodities. There it is. Oh, right commodity there. ETFs. List it. of commodities. Gasoline. Hit Gasoline. Yes, to the right. right. You, you want to take this over? No, you got it right there. Nice. All right. Gasoline. Wow. Yeah, so now you, it breaks down commodity ETF quote board. Uh, Russell, what are they doing here? Yeah, right. So it is no longer great site. Great site. No longer as user friendly as I. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah. But um, nice. Go yeah. Try gold. That's always gold. Always fun. We've done some gold ETFs in the past. There they are. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you got probably like thirty gold ETFs that you can choose from. I would say ten, but I'm not real good. Now the GLD. Yes. It's trading at $122 a share. Yes. So if you want to buy gold, and I've heard we both heard of this one, you could actually for buying it like a share stock. So go to Scott Trade, go to E-Trade, type in the ticker symbol GLD, and boom, that's going to pop up. And you're going to trade like you're trading the actual gold yeah. current, or commodity. You're basically just knocking a zero off the price. It's actually at 1227 ain't it? It's similar. Right. That one's, I think tries to mirror gold as much as it can if right. I if I don't nice. if I remember. And so right. I see another one kind of kind of unique. O U N Z and ounce. ounce. Nice. Very, very nice. nice. Very professional. Very twelve dollars and seventy five cents. So you can literally if you believe for whatever you're doing your technicals, your Fibonacci's and all Fibon. of a sudden you don't say gold is going to go up, but I don't have enough money to buy gold. Well now you can afford a few shares of gold through the O U N Z. Now here's the thing. Remember with all ETFs just like you would any stock, investigate to make sure you're buying what you want. Make sure if you like leverage, you can find uh, uh, leverage gold ETFs. Oh, yeah. Leverage uh, in dust and, and, yeah. and nugget times three. Yeah. And, and and like I said, you know, oh, they're off. Go ahead. I'm, yeah, they're I'm, off. Go ahead. So, you know, you can actually buy an ETF that's on what? lead. You, you can actually buy something that goes up and down based on the price of lead. This is incredible. Not your ETF, how far behind. Oh my, okay, maybe he's a closer. Anyway. Yeah, uh, platinum, you want to invest in platinum. Biofuels, I see carbon. Yeah, you palladium. can do anything. Look so, at that palladium. Like, yeah. For one, I would never, like, why, but. If it's going to go up, who cares? Right. Or it's going to go down, who cares? Right, you want to. You and that's that the thing, edge. it doesn't matter if you think it's going to go up or down. So, <laughs> sugar, move. what happened? Nothing, nothing. No, lose he's, all your money no he's, he's in front he, right now okay let's go let's through this go. agriculture aluminum biofuels carbon coal cocoa 
coffee, uh, copper, corn, cotton, wheat, tin. So, you yeah. can invest in tin. So now here's nickel. The thing. Most people have a niche without even knowing. I used to know a lady. Come on, baby. I, I used to know a lady who could predict the price of gas. And I don't know how she would do it, but she would always tell everybody, go ahead and fill up because the price is going to go up in the next two days. We're like, yeah, whatever. And the price would go up. I'm like, and she was so accurate. I don't know what she knew or what she was doing. And now she could actually profit on that knowledge because yeah. most people, you might know farmers. So you might have insight on wheat or, go, or, or corn. You might just know something. You might know somebody in the oil industry. So now everyone can afford to trade pretty much on all of their knowledge as a stock, very easy, right on Robinhood. So you can even yeah, trade for free trade, on Robinhood or, or whatever uh, link you have. And, and, and you got to look at it this way. When you go to trade this stuff, you type in the ticker symbol. So let's let's look. Say you want to trade volatility. You type in VXX. You type in how many shares you want. You hit send, and depending is if you do a market order within a second, you're gonna have your shares. You're done. You know what I hope they do? What's that? A Bitcoin ETF. They tried to do it. But oh, I can't believe it. Oh, and how in the what happened? I need a photo. I don't believe that. Yeah. I need a jockey photo. objection. Something. That's just not happening. Right so you now. lost, basically. No, he lost. I just, you didn't lose. He lost. He lost. Yeah, that's a true gambler. Anyways. Let's see what's going on. In so Netflix. with the Bitcoin ETF, they tried to do it, but the SEC, I think because of regulatory issues with it, it's not. It's, they had issue with the regulatory side of Bitcoin. Right. So they tried to make one and they couldn't. I did hear they were going to make options on it, though. Or, really? Yeah. They, wow. I think somebody told me about it. And, of course, I forgot all about it. That's it true. probably would have been really good for the show, but I completely forgot about it. But that's kind of the problem with cryptocurrencies is the regulation side of it. It's hard for them right, because to get on the board with the SEC. Right. Because it's, I mean, the boasted is deregulated. So now you want to try and regulate the deregulation and try and create something. I know they're going to work on it. I mean, it's just going to be. Yeah. it's. I, I think you can go like CBOE and stuff. They're following Bitcoin. I mean, it's, it's not that they're not. And that's a huge thing. Um, so Hopefully one day they do get a cryptocurrency ETF, and, and it's coming. It'll happen one day right. because there's money involved with it, a and lot. they're in the Congress's pocket, so it's pretty well going to happen. So once people demand to trade it, um, they're definitely going to make it available. And if you're listening and you want to kind of know a little bit more about these ETFs, just try I, I like this site. It's free. It's easy to navigate. InvestNips. Invest S, that is invest with the S-N-I-P-S. Invest snips weird yes i wonder if we can affiliate with them yeah i don't want i don't to. but didn't I, we I say in our to. description we weren't so now we're going to change our description that's because you wanted because i want to start making money i could, want yeah because now we can't talk about it yet because we're not affiliated with them but there is a pretty soon we're going to have a show in the future about options natix and we're going to talk about them and we're going to we're talking with them we're, we're negotiating and, and here's the thing even when we affiliate we're going to be honest it's just the way we are you know we we would want you to, you know, invest through us with us. And, you know, obviously that would be the case, but I don't want to ever let that be a bias because right. I've seen so much on TV and on the news and they're not promoting a product or promoting their pocket. Yeah. And, and I, and I get, I hate that. Well, my thing is, is I can't make anything money, money trading. So I'll just sell education. Yeah. That's, that's, well, no, that's what I'm doing. Right. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, just kidding. Right. But we, but we joke about that a lot because it's true. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I had one option guy who's a, you know, a millionaire. He was doing really well. And he sent me his book, very nice book for free. 
And I really respected him for that. He wasn't trying to make money just to have it. And I got to communicate with him via letter and asked him, number one, why he sent it for free. And two, you know, why he took time to write a book when he's doing so well in the options. Now, his response was he wants to give back because he has so much, which is why he not only wrote the book, but sent it to me for free. I respected him. You know, I'm like, okay, he's giving me something because he doesn't need the money. He wants to help other people get to where he is. Most people are not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are, are on TV or on the radio and they have a product to sell. And that's obviously what you want to do. Absolutely. You know, I want to sell, I want to sell products because, yeah. because my trading account just keeps blowing up. Yeah, well, so it's easier just to sell stuff for people. We can them. investigate the risk, of, but you keep taking bad risks. I mean, it's not like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I take it to a whole other level. Because there are some people right now who are doing really good in the market. So the same market you might say is horrible, they're loving you because you're putting money in their pocket. Yeah. So Because they're investigating risks that you might not have investigated. And there's also kind of the personality thing. Like most of us want as much money as possible, as fast as possible, for as little risk as possible. Yeah, you know, it's called a treasury bond. Yeah, that's you know that's what we're looking for. We don't want to build on the sand. We don't want to build on the sea. We want to shoot for the stars. Yeah, you know we want that high return. And, and I'm gonna make fun of a guy at work. He started. I'm not gonna make fun of him. But one thing I, I'm gonna tell him this when I see him. He, he started out trading stocks, and he's like, yeah. and he started out on Robinhood, commission free, really nice. That's awesome. If you got a small account with stocks, that is awesome. And what he did, he bought he bought this company, I think it was Take Two or whoever makes Grand Theft Auto. And he loved this company, right? And says, This thing's gonna go up, I'm gonna hold on to it forever. I really, really like this company. I, I thought that was great. He just he he didn't have any stocks a couple weeks ago and now he's in it and doing it and good for him. Well, the market went down a little bit the other day, like hundred points. It was a nice little jolt, but it's nothing. He already sold all of it. So what he didn't realize is that he is not a buy and hold investor. Right. He is. He thought he see, was. See, see, people will say, I want to do that until they actually do it. Okay. First off, I'm not that guy you're talking about, am I? No, this okay. is a guy I work is, with. All right. Because I've done that. I've, yes. I've done that with the uh, ETF mm-hmm. and it was the uh, natural gas. Yeah. And I was going to buy and hold that because I'm like, even if it doesn't go where I thought it would go this winter, yeah. it happened in the future winter. And I couldn't hold on. Yeah, it's I, I just, was like, ah, I could do that money somewhere Pete, else. I, I'm telling you right now, the only thing I'm you have to do in investing is manage regret because you're always going to have it. The only person who doesn't have any regret as an investor or trader is somebody who sells everything they have. They convince everybody that they see to give them money to put in this investment. They take everything they have. They buy whatever it is. They buy as much as possible. They mortgage their house. And not only after that, the investment is successful and they sell it at the highest price possible. That's the only person that doesn't regret anything. And what happens when you're actually trading, you can tell somebody actually trades when they start to tell you about all the emotions you go through. Like when you watch something go up five, six hundred percent and you got your whole account on it and you see it go up and you're up a couple thousand dollars. And you started out with a thousand dollar account. Yeah, it's hard to hold that. It's surreal. It's, it's, it, impossible. it's so. People look on these charts and they just sit and see. I could hold it here to there. You're crazy. Remember You're never going to do read? it. That currency book kind of talked about that, where these guys are trading currencies in the millions every week, like yeah. eighty some million yeah. dollar accounts every week, and they said they had to train themselves not to look at it as money. Yeah. Because when you're starting to gain or lose millions of dollars like every other minute. It can take a toll on you emotionally. And when you're looking at your account and the money going in gives an excitement and an adrenaline rush, and then the money coming out causes another chemical to start flying and you're yeah. angry, 
that's the hardest part about trading. Oh, it's managing regret because you're always going to have regret. You're going to regret that you didn't sell it earlier. You're going to regret that you didn't put more money in it. You're going to regret that you didn't hold on to it. You're always going to regret something. Like I said, the only person that doesn't is the one that puts everything in and sells it at the highest point possible. That's the only person that doesn't and regret it. No one anything. really does that at all because he never picked that top because if it's, you it's sold impossible. it and it went up a little more, like, oh, I should have yeah, held on. Because you never know what the market's going to do. Right. But and, and also not knowing your personality. Yes. Not knowing your like trading the guy personality. At work. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy and hold this for years. He thought and, he was a turtle. Yeah. Well, I he, think he, he's I don't know. He might be a great. He might be a great. Yeah, guy. he might. I think he is because he, he jumped in early. He just thought he was going to hold. He didn't realize how quickly he would sell. Right. And that's what see, he now, got shook quick. Greyhounds sell fast. Turtles buy, set and forget. They're the great beer. They sit and they're just going to hold on to it. My mom is a Falcon. I'm a Falcon. I want to buy and I want to sell today. You know, like I'm on this next race. I'm going to win this race. I'm going to make my money back. I'm doing the very opposite of everything I read. They're off. So go ahead because I got to I got to sweat this in. Okay. And I just did the very opposite of everything right. that we read in the Martingale. So I doubled down because I'm going to get it back and I'm at Laurel racetrack. It's a mathematical nightmare. It's a math. But what if I win? But what if I'm you gonna win? I'm going to tell Martingale, whoever he is, that he was wrong because I'm about to get it back right now. Yeah, with that attitude, maybe you will. I, anyway, so just to recap with ETS, if you're just tuning in, uh, what do we have? He's in front. He's what? in front. He's in front. He's in front. This is crazy. Yeah, that's. Is he actually winning though? He's, I mean, I, I, he's got to hold on. He's got yeah, to okay. hold on. So, what ETS. kind of better? Well, let's talk about what kind of bet did you put in? I just I'm doing simple win bets today. And so I'm doing a Martingale system for the whole well for the next ten minutes, but I'm doing a Martingale system. And I'm just going to double down, assuming that if the 33% win bet holds true, which everybody knows to be true, from DRF to every hot racing book out there, then I can develop a losing streak of about 15 or 20, but I'm counting on one and three. And by that statistic, I should win. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What happens? Why is he, like, not even wanting to run anymore? It's because it's karma. That is, I don't believe in karma because karma is just a word that they stole from the Christians because the CG plant is the plant you see. That's been an old adage and people go, come on, baby, maybe he's a closer. Watch that. I mean, this how and buffering happens at the wrong time. I mean, if this computer buffers that's one more time, time at the finish. Oh, he just got beat. I can't believe that's it. yeah. And that's I the Martin Gale at its it. finest. Now he's going to have to double his I money again. You know, you know, do you wow. think we should even talk about the Martin Gale strategy? Wow. Since, since you bringing it up, because people have no wow. idea what that is. I'm, I'm just too, I'm, I don't even want to finish. I'm done. You, yeah, talk yeah. About so it. let's done. talk about the mark. So we talked about ETFs. So let's talk about betting strategies since my co-host here has just going into, I don't know I what I can't believe he just got beat. Like okay, that. so the martingale is basically this. I'm going to double down again. You're going to double down again, which is going to cost you more money. Now, let's say you have $5 and you, and you make a bet. Uh, on a coin toss, I heads or tails, and you bet that that coin's going to land on heads. So you bet five dollars. Let's say you lose. Okay, now you're going to have to bet ten. You bet heads again, you lose. Now you're going to have to bet twenty. You bet heads again, you lose. Now you're going to bet forty. Yes. Because and let's say this time you win. Yeah. Now so now possible. you're down. Let's see, forty plus twenty, sixty. Um, 10, 70, $75. So you just won $75, but you're down 70. So you still make your original $5 back. 
So what people think is that they can just keep doubling their bets until they get their money back. But at 33%, you could probably lose into the 20, if not 30s. You're really um, negative today. No, it's just mathematical fact. Um, so even at 50%, you can lose 10, 15 times in a row. So that's why the Martingale is not a great betting strategy, but you'll see people use it. And even if you were profitable, even if you had a high enough win percentage to use the Martingale at a profit, you would make more money just betting it flat, meaning you know instead of betting 5, 10, and then 20, 30, you would make more money just betting flat $20 every time. You'd actually return more profit. Well, this and is going to be my safer. third race, so we're going to find out because this <laughs> – <laughs> we're going to find out right now. I'm either going to be happy or broke, and this ooh, it's going to affect my drive home. All right, uh, I'm going. I'm going overseas. I'm going to France, and I'm going to play in the Sur Mar. I don't what? Know, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's in France. It's so you can actually France. bet on horse races all, all around day. the world. Yeah. And, and, and what website? I'm on Express Bet right now. And if you're an addict like me, like. When the American races are done, Australia kicks off. So right. you can play Australia deep into the so night. So you can actually bet on horses 24 hours a day. And then I can go over into uh, – there's a nice track out in in China. Or I think it's in China. And I'm talking about they, they bet a lot of money on these races. And that, and you can bet like lower amounts. You can play your superfectors and sometimes even trifectors at real cheaper prices. And those are fun, but it's like late, late, like 2 in the morning, sometimes around 6 in the morning. And then, uh, yeah, you can pretty much play around the clock and – and so, hold on, let me get this bet in. I'll talk to you in a minute. Let me get this in. All right. So horse bet. racing. I'm in. Okay, now we can talk. I'm okay. Right. So do you want to you want to continue to talk about it? What, what do you want to do? Because you just kind of hijacked the show. Yeah, no, no. You're fine. ETFs and, hey, and ETFs, I mean. With a little martingale on the side. We just took a little side road because I'm playing the martingale system. Today, which is wrong. Which, But it might work. So if it works on this race. Right, which eventually it won't work if you play it enough. But – Mathematically, though, you're right, because it is possible. Now, I also, you know, a lot of horsemen use a lot of different strategies with betting on the win. And that book that I've read, I've read a lot of books, but the one that I, I that made the most sense, uh, piggyback to what you said, one, flat bets. They were doing 5%, and these were two professors in college, 5% every race, and they used several handicapping techniques, such as um, the last three races of the horse, when they were run, how fast they were run, and they would compare that horse with some other horses, and they had a system that they would use to determine who had the best odds of winning. Obviously, that's handicapping. But one thing that was unique to their system is they never wanted to go with the favorite. So if the horse was actually going off at one-to-one -one at post time, they wouldn't bet it because they didn't feel like they were making enough money. They would do all their handicapping, and they wanted at least three-to-one, four-to-one, five-to-one odds on their horse. So where most people look at the odds and determine who's the best horse, they looked at the numbers and statistics to determine who's the best. If he's the favorite, they skip it. But if he's not, they bet it. And they left being professors to go to the horse track full time. And they did really and well. That was an older book, wasn't it? It was a real – yeah, it was definitely an older book. And now – So they were kind of into it before computers. Yes. Okay. And, and now the forms are all pretty much all online. You can get your DRF online and um, you can pay for these uh, post – books before you would even go bet. Now, I, I look at them when I go to the track. I'll, I'll buy one, you know, and it's called a past performance book. And you'll have all the information you need about every horse that is running in, on that day, plus predictions from other people who study this full time. So if I wanted to get started horse racing, how much money do I need? Um, literally, 
two dollars. Two dollars, just to be honest, because that's that's the minimum bet for a win place or show. Okay. A win bet is the horse wins a place. The horse can come in first or second. And a show bet, as we're all aware, is when the horse can come in first, second, or third. And you can open up an account online. Sometimes you'll have uh, like Amwager, there's ExpressBet, there's DRF.com that allow you to bet on horses right online. They may have a minimum, like if you're going to do a credit card or something like that, they might have. But some racetracks now, you can go right to the racetrack, give them the cash, and it appears right on your account. So there's no transaction. You give them $20, you go to your computer, your $20 is there, all of it, and you're able to bet on ExpressBet. They do that at various tracks, and I use that. Now, didn't you get one of your accounts with Bitcoin? You did have do I have uh, a horse racing for with Bitcoin or was that the sports book? Uh, you could both. So uh, you can open up many and almost almost. Well, let me say many sports books with Bitcoin now. Wow. Um, Bovada, uh, Bookmaker, Dottie um, A lot of these will accept Bitcoin as their as their income. And they actually give you a little bit sometimes of a discount or a bonus by the fact that you're using that Bitcoin. Now, ExpressBet will not do that yet. But uh I assume in the future they might, but I just use cash on this. And I like it because once I bet on a race on Express Bet, I can obviously sit here and watch it. You know, so I just, you know, hit the watch. So you don't even need to, you don't, you don't even need cable TV because you just pretty well watch horses. Right. I can watch them. I watch them run pretty much all day. And it's just fun for me because as a, as a Falcon investor, I can take it fast and I know in the next few minutes what my investment is going to be, but I can also play it safe. So let's say I just want to make 10 to 15 percent because I want to be safe right now. I can do that. I can play a show pool bet. I'll, I'll find what I like, put a show pool bet first, second or third, get a 15, 20 percent return on my money. And I'll take that 20 percent and turn around and use that for the rest of my day and start using more of a dangerous Martingale type system. So I'll take, you know, say you do a hundred dollar bet and you win 20, 20 percent on a show pool. Now I take that 20 and I do my Martingale. So now I'm playing all wins and I'm doing my system. And if I win uh, 40, I'm betting all of it back on the next race. I'm going to try and go until I make one or two hundred dollars and then I pull and then I'll try it again. And so once I use the opium, the other people's money, then I'll start doing a little more uh, practicing of some of the more risky uh, systems so I can actually get a good feel for what that system entails and the emotion behind it. Because managing portfolios, easy. Managing emotions, almost impossible mm-hmm. got to manage your regrets so i think what next show what are we going to get into binary yeah we're going to jump into binary options we're going to make options just like what we did with etfs and we made them um, we tried to make them palatable just explain them you know you could trade pretty much anything Damn. out there yeah as a stock it's easy whether it's going up or down you can study it and make money um, we're also going to talk about cryptocurrency because i'm an addict and we're going to keep talking about it and we have that interview tomorrow with the crypto millionaires, so yeah, we're going to bring we're going to bring their information uh, to the show and talk with them, and maybe even invite them on the show. And I'm going to play a few more races. I'm going to do a show pool uh, thing that I read in a book next next week, and you know, I got about a few more minutes before this race takes off, so I'm going to get all my money back. So in the end, what do you like about ETFs? In the end, I, I like the fact that that markets that were once off limits are now palatable and easy for me to trade. So I don't have to do a jump through a lot of hoops to trade corn or soybean or oil or gold. Yes. I don't have to worry about futures contracts. I don't have to worry about expiration dates. I can just trade it because I know I might have a feeling what's going to happen and I can jump in, go to my stock account and like Capital One or whatever and mm-hmm. buy it. Yeah, That's the beauty. And, and another thing I kind of like is some of them are leveraged 
times two and three. So now you don't have to have a margin account to get leverage. Um, and you don't have to use options to do it if you're not comfortable with it. So I think the ability to trade markets that were once off limits, you know, you, you could buy an ETF on lead. You, you could, if you want to invest in the price of lead, you can buy an ETF on lead. You definitely do it. And somebody has that niche, though. That's the Yeah, key. Somebody, somebody knows, knows something, something about it. Somebody works here at this, and they know no. something about that, and something did. Yeah, so now you have the ability to say, I think the price of lead is going to go down because all of our orders have dropped off, and now you can short it. But you can easily short these ETFs. Or it's not all of them. Some, some of them don't have it. Some of them are just a straight ETF. They don't have an inverse. But, you know, a lot of them do. So And even trading... You know, a lot of people, without thinking about it, will hear about the Dow Jones or the S&P. Yeah. Now it's affordable. Yeah, because you can just affordable. buy the SPY or you can buy the QQQ. They call them the Qs, and that's for the NASDAQ. And then the Russell, I don't remember, I don't remember what the Russell is, but they're out there. So you can trade. If you want to trade foreign markets, they have ETFs that just trade foreign stocks. So just remember, they're basically mutual funds, except now you can trade them like stocks, whereas mutual funds, I think you have to – I think you can get out at a certain time of day. I know the price is quoted at certain times of the day. So you can't just jump in and out of mutual funds easily. Whereas ETFs, what happened? You winning? No, well, no, but they're running. They're, they're running. running. Yeah, okay. They're running. And with ETFs, you can just trade them like stocks instantly. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, when I buy stock, what happens? As soon as you hit that button, unless you have a limit price that's way below or above, the market price, your order is probably going to be filled instantly unless the market's crashing. He's boxed in. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. That's so you lost again? No, no, not yet. But that's how they that's they boxed them in. Like I'm, I'm on a harness raising, so that happens. But yeah, they 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 that's not good. Yeah. I mean, that's just you know, that's he he can break out of it though. The race is not over, and I have hope that he's going to make me money by the end of this show. And you know, the people up. listening to this can't see. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. I told him what track they could have, they could have tuned in, but, uh, let's, oh man, it's a, it's, you know, we'll see. It's still not over, but it's not looking good for the home horse. Yeah. Right so you lost again. Maybe, maybe it's probably, yes. Yeah. I, it looks like a wheel fell off of him. I don't know. It's just not, I don't know. It's just now I've had streaks though. I've gone on streaks, man. I've hit. What's I've the longest you. streak? I've called you where I've hit, you know, five, six in a row, you know, and and now mind you, yesterday I hit a superfecta with one play, not not in a not in a box. I hit a straight superfecta, and I hit a pick five last week, which didn't pay a lot because it was heavies. But come on, come on at the wire, come on, get up there, come on. See, that's why we that that's why I do it right at the wire though, at the wire. He pulls. See, that's why, because I knew he was a closer. I didn't know that, but he, he was a closer. Yeah. He broke out of there and he crossed over. I get to go home with a profit. Are, are I'm we gonna, okay with that? I'm are, okay with the profit. Are, are we going to do a show on the psychology of trading? We have to. We have to. Yeah, it's just because if you don't have it, if you don't know who you are or how you're going to trade, if you don't know how yeah. you win or how you lose, oh. if you don't know how fear and greed take over, and if all you did was trade on paper and you never put money in the market, yeah, you, don't you have know no nothing. idea who you are. You don't know. Because people think one thing. They'll sit there and say, oh, I'm going to do this until it actually happens. And then they realize, like the guy I was picking on at work, you know, he, he was going to hold this company, right? But then he already sold it, and we just have one little down day. <laughs> and that's yeah. all it took. But he's not really wired to buy and hold. He's probably a day trader and more mindset. Right. But he reads books saying the opposite. I had a guy who bought in oil 
He held on to until the price dropped. He panicked. Oil's not going, it wasn't going any lower at the time. I yeah. can see that. Everybody can see it's it. It's like 20 something dollars a barrel. You know, oh, I got to sell it. It's dropped. You know, he did the very opposite. He bought it high, he sold it low, and he felt good that he got out of it. And then the price went back down. Yeah. Was he using ETFs? No. Uh, he had a broker. So I don't know how exactly he was doing it. The broker might have been. Actually. Yeah. But he called his broker and told him to sell. And I'm thinking, wow, I can't give him advice. But boy, that's just, I'm looking at that like that is not good. Can we end this show? No, I, I got I got to rejoice on the fact that number one, we predicted Bitcoin explosion. So okay. we did that and that was good. Number two, um, you got to pick who you feel is going to win the Super Bowl. We, we, I we, think... we did some over-unders. Let me pull up. Hold on real quick. I don't know. We got about a minute. So. Yeah, we got a minute. So. And they'll, you know, they'll charge us if we go over. Uh, hold on. I'm on. Yeah, just take your time. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, see, you uh, can go over. Very nice. Very no, nice. that's not nice. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> well, no, we got to make our predictions for next week here really quick. Okay. Well, in, in the Super Bowl. I want to know in the preseason, not all that. Yeah, okay. You know, let let me have it. Um, well, te you know the football teams. Who is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Let me say that I think the Patriots. That's just a very prototypical East Coast type pick That's well it's not going to be the la risk. rams take a risk okay how about the houston texans okay I, I deshaun can, watson i can accept that one with I that can, defense I and Clowney looked good last year with jj watt and deshaun watson the houston texans how about that one all right and i'm going to go with the new england patriots so there's no way i going to beat them what the <laughs> um all right so with that what is price of bitcoin going to do in the next two weeks I think if the stock market crashes, because there's there's rumblings going it's in. It's not going to crash. You don't know that. It's not going Let's to say crash. the stock market drops a lot. You could see a lot of If the ups. market corrects. If the market corrects, Bitcoin could go up. Uh, when I start seeing CNBC talking about something, I, get, uh, I tend to find ways to fight them. So I think the price of Bitcoin trader. is going to go down in the next in two weeks two, in two weeks oh man I'm significantly take, and i'm and we're buying i'm buying some tonight so i'm buying I'm some too but it's going up i'm in, in for the long weeks. haul and finally last one bitcoin cash by the end of the year i don't i haven't Not, even listen, looked at listen to the question will it be relevant yeah by the end of the year? bitcoin yeah. cash yes yes BCC, it'll be relevant. yes relevant so it'll be in the natural mindset of people but we're over an hour nobody an hour. yeah we gotta go so we want to thank you uh, for tuning in to Risk Investigators Report. We want to say check us out on iTunes, and we're going to have some interviews probably next week. Yep. And if not, we'll have their information. So for Zachariah, this has been your host, Jaconan. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Y'all bless.